how true the song is tonight. Every vessel can pray. Man, you may find yourself uh, all along having to do it prayer closet time, but don't underestimate the power of that. Find in the scriptures where two or three agree on earth is touching one thing in prayer that these are attainable. So we see the power of prayer. Amen. The effect it can have. The transforming powers that can take place. Tearing down walls that you and I do not have the skill, the talent, or the ability to do anything about. But we can call on a God. A man that can do it. A God that would come to our rescue and help us. Appreciate Brother Barry. I caught him not really off guard. But maybe not as, as prepared to put his normal night. But I've asked him to come and preach for us tonight. I want him to come. And God, we appreciate him. Appreciate all the ministers, all the families, and each one of you. And just thank God. God, for the opportunity just to be here and be a part of this great service of the kingdom of God. Appreciate him. I want to become what God's put in his heart, what God's put in his spirit. Going to help him preach. Let's help him preach tonight. God bless him. Appreciate you, brother. Come on, let's do that for Jesus. Come on, let's magnify him. He's worth Oh, there's nobody like Jesus. There's no God like our God. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. You can be seated for just a moment. Not more already seated, but stay with me. I'm just, and if Brother Ford is listening to this, this doesn't count against me. Or if he listens to it later, he can't put this as part of the time on my message. But this isn't part of it. Just to clarify, I was heard he was. I haven't listened to it yet, but I heard he was making remarks the other night when he was preaching, so I'm paying him back. So, Pastor Moore was, was teaching this morning, and he was talking about being a soldier, and he was talking about not knowing which house or which person in some of the recent wars that we've been in, we don't know who the enemy is, and we don't know who the what house to blow up or not to blow up or so innocent civilians and we don't have casualties happening. And how many of you ever heard him say before the church won't be destroyed because of the woodpecker? But it'll be destroyed from within. So I'm in the middle of some mandatory reading on some leadership and it's strictly called extreme ownership. The way Navy SEALs operate and succeed. And it starts off with a story before it goes into the leadership point about taking extreme ownership of things that, good or bad, that, that falls into your wheelhouse to, to be a part of. And, and this officer is Leif Babin, I think is how you pronounce it. He is, the, he is the commanding officer over several Navy SEAL squadrons. He's, uh, he's over the operations there in the morning. Happens, this is in 2006, and it's in... Ramadi, Iraq, and they're going to go and they're going to take and they're going to take try to take control of a certain block of the city. And things haven't gotten started good. And he, the people that is going to take and go in with the tanks, they get a call that they need to come in for support. And he's hearing this, and then following after that, he he hears one of his Navy SEAL teams take and put out a call for support. And so as they're making it their way there, he just said something, something's not right. Something's not right. And when he got closer, he told his driver, he said, he said, follow the tanks in. 
said, yes, sir. So they get there, and he finds there one of the Abram tanks there set up in the street. And he has the 50 caliber gun fixated on a house that's there that has 50 caliber holes all in it and all kinds of stuff going on. And he says, what's up, Sergeant? He says, well, we, we, we got attacked badly by the people in that house. He says, we shot one of the Iraqis as he fled into there. And uh, so once I get the command, he says, I'm going to level it down to the slab. It's going to be done with. And he's thinking, man, this, something, something don't feel right. Because he knew that his Navy SEAL squadron had called, called in for support. He said, man, they should be here somewhere. They should be right here somewhere. And he said, hold up. He said, I'm going to check the situation out. So him and his driver, they get out. And, of course, they both went to the Navy SEAL training. So they, they head toward the home. They get there. The door's cracked. He kicks it in to look straight into the eye of one of the Navy SEAL squadrons. He says, what's up? He says, man, we, he said, we're pinned down. He said, we can't move. And he said, he said, it's okay. He said, it's blue on blue. He said, and the dismay just come across that Navy SEAL's face, blue on blue. And he said, get your injured comrade there because one of the Navy SEALs had been injured from, from shrapnel that came in and the Iraqi soldier enemy that they had killed was actually one of our supporters that was embedded with us. And he went back out to the gunner and he said, Sergeant, said, we're going to stand down. He said, it's blue on blue. And they said the look on the gunner's face was just horrific. Unbelievable. He called back up to one of his commanders and said, hey, we're coming back. He said, we've got a blue on blue here. He said, by the time I got back to the command post, to my computer, my commanding officer had emailed me a simple message in all caps. Stand down. No further operations. The chief, the master chief, the investigator, and I are en route. It was that serious. He said, don't do nothing else until we figure out what went wrong. So, what I'm trying to tell you is, with what Pastor Moore preached today and what we've been hearing and what I feel in the church. Let's be, be very extremely careful where we aim our fire. And let's be very sure of our target. And let's be very sure of what we're doing. A soldier, whether he's wounded are destroyed by the enemy of our friendly fire, he's wounded or destroyed the same. And I don't care if you give him another machine gun, you give him another round of hand grenades, or if you even put him in the cockpit of a Black Hawk helicopter. If he's wounded enough, it does not matter. And if you have a brother or sister, that's wounded at your hands or my hands or whomever hand. We can tell them to suck it up. We can tell them to do this, do that. 
And I'm all for all that. I believe that. I believe what David said. He pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Encouraged himself in the Lord. I, I got it. But when, when a soldier's wounded, he's wounded. And sometimes it takes some time to recover. So, as pastor was preaching this morning, I felt that. But that's not my message for tonight. But just let me encourage you. Be careful. If you throw a grenade, make sure where you're throwing it. Make sure it's not one of us. One of your brothers or one of your sisters. I don't, I don't care if you are wanting to hurt them. <laughs> don't do it. Just don't do it. If you have your Bibles tonight, Brother Ford, if you're listening, you can start the clock. I won't be long tonight. This is a thought God gave me just recently. I do feel in the Holy Ghost. This is not what I intended to preach when Pastor called yesterday. Not at all. It didn't, I didn't pull it out until this evening. And I was just under such great pressure to, to minister this tonight. Though, so we're going to do that. If you have your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. I'll begin reading at verse 8. Thank you, Pastor and Sister Moore, for your leadership at this church and all that you do. Thank you to the saints of God, any and all that helped make this thing go around. And uh, to any and all of you, this, that's had a part of helping me through the years whether I was a child or whether it's been since I've been in the ministry or whatever it is, thank you so very much for being so kind toward me. Beginning at verse 8, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends, her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me. For I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And I'm going to minister by the help of the Holy Ghost tonight just for a little bit. You still matter. You still matter. Pastor, could you pray? Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Give him a good hand clap of praise as you're being seated tonight. Thank you, Sister Moore. The scripture I read to you tonight is a story that you often hear ministers and possibly even myself minister. And most commonly and most likely when you hear the scriptures preached about, it's going to be about the necessity and the joy that is in heaven when, when one sinner repents, when that prodigal is come back to God, whatever it might be. And, and that's very true because this, it's in the same setting that this, uh, that this happens. So whomever's ministering that would be very accurate in their, their detailing and depicting of the, the scripture here. But, but that's not how I'm going to hit it tonight at the angle. I'm going to hit it here. But it's, uh, it begins to tell the story. Of a lady, and it, it, it just mentions her as a woman. She's undescriptive as far as the, her name. 
It doesn't say whether she's a mother, whether she's a wife, whether she's a widow, or none of that stuff. It just simply says that she, a woman, has lost a coin, that, you know, that she has a coin and that she has lost it. And, and it's not descriptive either in how the coin was lost or how the coin was misplaced. It simply says that the coin was lost and, and that she was worried and concerned about it. And it begins to describe that this lady begins to notice that there's one of her coins that she has ten and there's, there's one missing. And it, uh, it, it just, it, it's not very descriptive here past that. But it, it says that when she realizes the coin is missing that immediately she hits the panic button and... She decides that if she is in the bed, which we don't know if she is or not, but we do know that it's past sunset because she has to light a candle to, to see in the house. But uh, whether it's after dark, whether she's in the bed or not, she finds it of the necessity to, to get out of her comfort zone and to light a candle and to begin to, to search for the coin. And uh, I, I'm not sure exactly if she counted the coins every night before she went to bed or or whether she would take and just randomly do it, or for some reason they were beside the bed, and, and she noticed one missing, unless she knew that there was a coin that was gone. And, and the significance of the coin here, it was the equivalent to one piece of silver or to a penny, to a Roman penny. A Roman penny was the equivalent of an agricultural worker's pay for a single day. It was a day's wages that would be here for that she lost. It was a... A, a single full day's pay that was, was missing. And, and so it was that when she realized it was gone, that she began diligently to search it out to, and to look for it. And we could probably say within ourselves, it's a, I, I'm not sure what the panic's about and, and what all the fuss is about. If it's, a, if it's just one coin when there's nine other coins to to be dealt with and it it does not say that this was her favorite coin or her least favorite coin it uh, it did not say that she took and identified or preferenced one coin above the other that they were all important to her and uh and the reason here is that this woman very easily could have been a widow she could have been a woman that was widowed and had no children at all. And it was, uh, it was very important to her that from uh, month to month that she had a certain amount of income in order to pay the lease on her home or maybe to pay the rent. Or, or maybe it was important enough that she had ten coins uh, at the end of the month in order to take uh, and to feed herself. Or, or maybe she's a single mom and she has children and it's, it's going to take every coin uh, that she has in order to take and get the substance that they need for the entire month. Or maybe she is a wife and maybe she is the wife of a husband and he's been working hard every day and it's all that he can do to make ends meet and she realizes the importance of the single coin and that without the coin at the end of the month she's going to come up short. That without the fulfilling of all ten coins that she is going to be without. And, uh, and so it is that the scripture says that she begins to look for it. We do not find in the scripture that it begins to tell her 
tell us that maybe she lost it because she was careless uh, or maybe she lost it uh, while cleaning and knocked it off or, uh, or, or maybe she does have children and grandchildren and maybe uh, they were over for the day and they were messing with things uh, as children sometime will and, and they misplaced it uh, or, or maybe she is a widow uh, that was out working and a stranger and a robber came in during the day uh, and stole the coin uh, but that's not significant. It wasn't important enough here that Jesus would add it to the scripture. He didn't identify how the coin was lost or which coin it was. That was irrelevant to him. The fact to him was this, that the coin was important enough to her that she was willing to go to great lengths to come out of her comfort zone and begin to take and to look for it and to search for it diligently. She did not stop until finally that she had found the coin. She looked diligently. We don't know if it took an hour or two hours or three hours. But the coin was important to her. The coin, the single coin, the one coin was important enough to her that she knew without that coin, she would not be able to do what she needed to do. Without the coin, making up the total of the ten coins, there would not be enough to do what she needed to do. Something would go undone done no matter how she did the math over and over it was 9.8 or 9.7 or if I cut this out it's 9.1 but it was always a necessity to have the lost coin and so it was that when she found the coin that she left the comfort of her home and began to say you know what I lost a coin and you didn't even notice I lost a coin that you didn't even know that I had. You lost a, I lost a coin and it wasn't important to you. But I'm going to let you know I have found my lost coin. And because of the value of the single coin, I can now do what I need to do. I can now make ends at the end of the month. And so it is, here we are tonight in the house of God. And it is here that people under the sound of my voice, they're taking and they're thinking within themselves. I am really nobody in the house of God. I'm really nothing to the kingdom of God and to the work of God and to the body of Christ. I'm not that important. And without me, it won't really make a difference. It won't really matter if I am lost or if I am no longer a part of the church and you know what it really doesn't matter how you got to where you are and I'm not talking necessarily about being backslidden I'm just talking about being in a mindset within the house that you're not important to anybody or to nobody that you're not important to God and you're not important to the work of God you think within yourself you know what if I was gone it would not even matter if I wasn't here the church would roll on and would be fine let me stop and tell you something the church of God will be fine but let me tell you this the church will never be what it was supposed to be without you the body of Christ will never be what it was intended to be without you the work of God will never be what it was meant to be without you 
I don't care how many times that we count and we recount and we try to make up the difference. We will always come up short when somebody is missing from the house of God. Hey, and I don't care how you got there. I don't care what pushed you to the sidelines or what caused you to begin to think in your mind that you was not worth anything. I don't care if it was a brother or a sister or maybe it was your own perception of yourself that has got you there. Let me tell you, you do matter to the house of God you do matter to the work of God you do matter to the kingdom of God I know how it is I understand that sometimes it seems that there's more importance put on certain vessels by man or by woman. And sometimes there's preferences that are made. But let me tell you, when it comes to Jesus Christ, there is no preferred saints. There is no preference in his eyes. Everyone is preferred to him. Everyone is important in the eyes of God. In his eyes, he needs you in his eyes he's got to have you to make it up without you it'll never be done the way he intended it to be done you asked this morning I believe it was is the work and the will of God always done exactly the way he wants it absolutely not because sometimes we get in the way and man gets in the way but let me tell you something when he called you to the work of God he called you because he had something for you to do he had a value for you he had something that he needed you to do and I don't care who tries to take and diminish you and to tear you down and to tell you the truth not important let me tell you if he called you if he chose you there's a value on you there's a value on you and the church will never be what it's intended to be without you that's all right it's right i know where i am and i know some of who i'm talking to and you just keep up the front and you keep up the facade and you keep it up and you be a happy plastic Christian and nobody will see the hurt and nobody will see the pain and nobody will ever know and nobody will ever come to your aid and nobody will ever come to your rescue and you can fake it till you make it but what happens if you don't make it and you can have a pity party and you can suck your thumb and that's okay but I know why I was sent here tonight and that was to let you know that you still matter to the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't care what value they put on you, but Jesus Christ sent me tonight to tell you that you still matter, that you still count, that you still have a value, that you're still important to the work of God. The church will never be a complete and a total without you. Oh, the church is going to have revival. The church is going to be successful. The church is going to roll on. But there will be a hole. There will be an empty place in the thing that he intended for you to do. He never calls anybody by accident. He never calls them just out of foolishness. But it's always for an intent. And it's always for a purpose. And he always puts a value on you. What about the little lad? When it's time to feed the 5,000 men, not counting women and children, they looked around. There's, there's not enough. There's nothing there. There's nothing to do. What are we going to do? What's it going to be? And the little boy, he overhears and says, hey, I, I, I've got just this. 
Just three loaves and two fishes. Peter said, sure, boy. But the master overheard. He said, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Bring the little to me and let me see what I can do with it. The church put little value on what he had. The church of the time said it wasn't enough to do God's will. It wasn't enough for the purpose of God. It will be nothing to him. Don't make it so laughable to the master. But the master said, you're forgetting who I am. I called that little boy to this meeting for such a time as this. I knew that he would bring three loaves and two fishes. Let me hold it and let me see what I can do with it. And it said he blessed it and he break it. And he fed the multitude out of something that the disciples said was not enough for anything. It was no good for nothing. It was nothing. It was a nobody. And it didn't mean anything. But in the master's hand, I said in the master's hand, it become valuable. Just like you and just like me. When we come into the house of God, you become valuable in his hand. You become valuable to him. Let's pray a minute. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your anointing, your power, your authority. God, I'm asking you right now to move and to minister in a mighty way. God, I'm, ple I'm pleading the blood of Jesus Christ upon this service. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus Christ upon every saint of God that is here right now. God, I am pleading your blood. God, I'm asking you to move and to minister right now like only you can do. God, to tear down every stronghold. God, to tear down every obstruction. God, I'm binding it in the name of Jesus. Pleading the blood of the Most High God right now. That there would be liberty tonight in the house of God. That there would be liberty right now to move and to minister Jesus. Have your way right now in the house of God. We bless your name we bless your name and so it is that the lady no matter that she had nine others no matter that she had more that because she could take and she could slide another one into the place at the end she was still going to come up short there was still going to be a gap in the budget there was still going to be a hole and something was going to have to be left aside Something was going to have to be left undone. Something was not going to, maybe it was something important. Maybe it was going to take the whole 10 pieces in order just to pay the lease. Just to pay the rent in order not to be evicted for the month. Do you realize the value now of the one single coin? And I know what it is. And I know what it's like to come into the house of God. And to feel like nobody cares. And to feel like nobody's checking and nobody calls and nobody asks and nobody questions. And nobody says, hey brother, what's wrong? Are you going to be alright? And nobody says, hey brother Marcus, hey brother Barry, are you yet holding on? And I know what it's like desiring somebody to call and the phone don't ring. And things don't come together and the friends don't call. And nobody's there to encourage and nobody seems to notice. 
service and I know what it's like and the dangers of slipping off into a place because of that and saying you know what I really don't matter I really don't count and I'm really not that big a deal but then I have found when I make my way back into the presence of God no matter how little value that everybody else put upon me God began to whisper to me and say boy I can still use you you're still valuable to me I still got something for you to do I still believe in you I still trust you I still know you can do it hey and it means all the things in the world to me when that precious anointing begins to move and begins to stir and begins to make me feel you know what I can be an overcomer I can be victorious I can be triumphant I'm not a failure I'm not a loser You still matter. I said you still matter. Sister Moore, come. Musicians, come. I'm just going to be transparent here. Pastor, and I'm in submission to you. I've never felt a time when I felt the church was just, you know, when a pastor's acting like he's acting just feels like there's a turmoil and there's a struggle in the church and there's a hurt and there's a pain in the church I'm just being honest and it feels like everybody's timid and everybody's walking lightly it's not the will of God it's not the will of God For people in the house of God to feel like they don't matter to the house of God. Say, Brother Barry, you off the left field. Maybe so. Been there before. But it's a dangerous thing to begin to isolate yourself. That you don't matter. And that you don't matter to the kingdom of God. Stand tonight. Everybody under the sound of my voice tonight. You still matter. Brother Corey, you sent me that text the other day. And you thought it was me that was helping you. Thank you. You just never know where somebody's at. Just out of the blue text. And I'm like, wow, God does still love me. Imagine that. Just out of nowhere. It's those simple things. Pastor, let's face it, we're humans. You know, I know you don't like a lot of praise and stuff like that. But you still like to know you're doing a good job. I do too. Most people do. And this, that's why I was telling Brother Corey, you know, he sends that, and I'm like, I, I forgot all about it. You know, I just forgot. But God didn't. God didn't forget. The one coin, if the one coin could have talked, 
one coin may have very well said, she can never come looking for me. That's what we would say. She'll never come looking for me. It'll never be worth the effort on her part. She's got nine more. She don't need me. She won't look for me. Won't be worth all the pain and the effort. It won't be worth the struggle and the trouble to get out of bed, Sister Gina. Not to find one just little coin. It's one coin, Brother Ernie. If the coin could talk. I'm here under the bed in the dust. I've rolled back into the far corner. She won't find me here. But if the coin could have understood her when she found it. To begin to hold it. She may even begin to weep. And said, I'm going to be all right now because of you. I'm going to be able to make it now because of you. Oh, Brother Bear, you put too much importance on a person. He died for one person. He put the value on him. I didn't do it. I didn't put the value on him. He did. It said he looked beyond all the struggles, the pain, the hurt, the everything, to the joy. And while I was yet a sinner... He loved me. And he died for me. I'm in the Holy Ghost. It's not, God, it's not God's intentions. For you to just feel the struggle. And to feel the hurt. Let's face it, folks. We're just human. The apostle put it very clearly. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And they're fractured. They get chipped and they get marred and they get scarred. And they get dirty. They're going to find a song to sing. Every eye closed. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm asking you right now in the Holy Ghost, God. God, to begin to minister like only you can do. God, begin to search. Let everybody under the sound of my voice tonight hear you. And know you care. And let them know, and let them know that you came on purpose tonight for them. That you came on purpose for them tonight. Just to let them know that they still matter. That they still matter. God, I'm asking you to minister right now in the Holy Ghost, God. To pour in your ointment. God, pour out the apothecary tonight. God, let the sweet fragrance of who you are, let it go into every heart and every mind. God, I ask you right now to move and to minister like only you can do. Jesus, I know that you're able. Oh, Jesus, we love you. God, encourage your people tonight. 
God, strengthen every saint of God tonight in the house of God. God, encourage them tonight, God. Bless them and minister to them tonight. These altars are open tonight. It's not the will of God. Let me change that because that sounds so harsh. It's not the desire of the master. For you to hurt. And for you to feel lonely. And you to feel like nobody cares. It's not his will. I said it's not his will. He loves you. I said he loves you tonight. Come on church. Come on let's just get real. Can we just be real tonight? Oh, we love you, Jesus.
what I'd like for us to do tonight. We're going to make a continual chain. Start over here with the sisters. Just connecting hands. And if I'm interfering with your prayer, please forgive me. But I want us to connect. As the body connects, this is what pulls and joins together for the power of the head. The ministering power. And I believe that as we understand the importance that you're my brother and you're my sister. You see, there's small things that can cause wounds. Right down as small as a pair of shoes. Pronged at times without maybe really realizing what's being said, but make the statement about somebody's shoes that maybe we didn't quite like, but yet somebody else wears some almost just like them. Nothing said about them. These are the small things, but this is where the enemy works so well and flesh and carnality. But you're my brother and you're my sister. Our lesson was on it, son. That blue on blue, there's no doubt how devastating can that be. It almost makes you want to pack up and go home. Felt impressed this morning of the Holy Ghost after leaving here. There's a reason why I'm not shaking a lot of hands or doing all that, so just understand that, okay? This would be just today, just this Sunday. I get by some things. I don't want to contaminate nobody, okay? <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Um, but to, to bear that responsibility and to understand you are my brother, you are my sister. And to somehow, some way, as we learned in this morning's lesson about the meat, what Paul was trying to get him to understand was there's got to be a certain amount of tolerance. I would like to say it's always the same, but it's not. Because we're human. We can all say what we want to. We, should, we, we, we would all show more compassion on some than we do others. Last week's lesson talked about Barnabas. You can argue with me up this if you want to. But one of the main reasons he wanted to take John Mark, John Mark was a nephew. He felt responsible and more so and obligated. And thank God for John Mark's sake. Okay? Well, I told you things are going to be different. We're digging up, buddy. Because, see, we can't produce the Holy Ghost-filled children that we desire unless we're the mother. We're singing the song right now. What are we giving him? Give him a heart. Is our heart perfect, perfect for God and all of our brothers and sisters? Can we say that? Let's go back to the lesson. Our conscience. Do we have a clear conscience with our brothers and with God? Now we've been taught. If you have an axe grind with your brother, you got a problem with God. That's just part of the fold. It's part of the package deal. Because why? We're all made in his image and likeness. And every human being there is, male and female, is living souls. And God, it's God's heartbeat that all might be saved. 
Doesn't matter the color of their skin. Doesn't matter what social degrees they are. Don't have anything to do with it. He come to save humanity that was lost. My heartbeat is for this church to unite together. Get some isms, some schisms. Come on, let's be honest. Get some things. It's lodged in the heart. Now watch this. Key really is. Got to give you my heart. With the good and the bad. I give it to you. Because you're the only one that can make the bad good. You're the only one that can help me. In this struggle I'm in. This, this, I'm... I'd love to tell you tonight that some, some of us are struggling with some things. Some of the struggles are going to be gone, but some of them are not. We're not going to be exempt from it. What do you mean by that? Can I use you tonight? It'll be all right. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Brother, I know they're coming out with all kinds of stuff, and I'm in the same situation. You know what I'm talking about. But, but it's in the genes. It's in the genes. Hey, some things, whenever you cast your lot to walk with Jesus Christ and be filled with the Holy Ghost and dance and flugaloo and speak in tongues, where there's some responsibility and other things that comes along with that's not so good for the flesh. It's a package deal. We buy the field. Got to buy the field. But I can promise you, me and this man, me and this man, me and this man, me and this man, this one, didn't I go right down the list? Let's not do everything identically. Listen to Paul's teachings about even the foundation. Take heed how you build thereupon. The type of materials you build up. And it goes from one extreme to the other. But there's one thing we all got to get on. That's the same foundation. And then take heed how we build upon there. And then I think one of the biggest things that we all have to watch. Come on. We can see it in the word of God. Even the disciples clashed at times. But they always seem to work it out. What seemeth to be good in the Holy Ghost. And for the gospel's sake. What our problem is sometimes. We can't get over some of them little isms. We can't really get them under the blood. Get them at the place that they want to affect the moving of the Holy Ghost. And the anointing of God. God can only put up with that so long. God would show mercy and grace and try to work with us and try to work it out. But if it doesn't happen, he's got ways of, he's got ways of positioning even us and shutting the heavens down. Shutting the anointing down. Because when that happens, if we're, we're sincere about this thing, how many of you love to feel the Holy Ghost? How many of you can pray a lot better whenever you get in there? I, I love to. I, here's the way I love for it. Love for it to be. That's <laughs> when I walk in there, man, it hits me. Oh, woo, praise God. Yeah, hallelujah. But man, there's a many a times and probably more often than I want to admit. Oh, man, I struggle and fight and wrestle. You know. Sometimes they wonder. I didn't even do any good. But I just got to be faithful and just keep on doing to be honest with some of you tonight, some of you probably wouldn't have come feeling like I've been feeling today. Just to be honest. But you know what? There's an obligation, there's a responsibility. I've got to come. We've got to, we've got to press. We've got to, we've got to. It makes a difference in raising your hands. It makes a difference in lifting your voice. 
said, come on, preacher, why are you coming? I'm telling you, he inhabits our praises, and, and that's not all. So, so I have asked her to sing the song tonight. You're my brother, and you're my sister. And I'd like everybody to get on board with us, connect with us. Because you know what? You are my brother. You are my sister. I love you. I care about you. Sure, I failed you. And here's where I'm going to go back to what I felt in the Holy Ghost to tell you today. If this preacher right here backslides and misses the mark, you keep on marching. You keep living for God. This preacher fails you in whatever area it might be. I'm asking you, I'm asking you to keep on marching and keep on believing. Don't you give up the fight. Because see, as a man, I can fail you. I can come up short. All right, let's try to, let's connect. If you don't mind. We, we're, we're body, we're connected. We're going we're to connect. It'll be all right. Who's on the end? If it's a man or a woman, it'll be all right. God sees. Be all right. Put one of these babies in between you. If you're that, whatever. My God, have mercy. Spread out and connect up. Spread out and connect up. You're doing good. That's right. Cut right through there and let's connect up. Doing a good job. You're awesome. Praise God. I want to be a part of it. How about you? I want to be a part of the kingdom. I want to be a part of this church. Anybody here don't want to be a part of this church? Now, you, you don't have to be. You don't have to connect. I'm not trying to be whatever here. I'm just, I'm just, I want to be a part of it. With all of its ups and downs, let me tell you something. Is America in a mess? Anybody got, anybody got a one-way trip to get out of here? Anybody ready to leave America? I'm not. As bad a shape she's in and the turmoil she's in, I'm, 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 I'd rather be an American than anything else. I'll be honest with you now. I pray for Israel. I'm praying for those Jews. I'm praying for peace in Jerusalem. But I'm glad I'm American. I'm a glad I'm in the church. Of, hallelujah. I'm not a physical Jew, but I'm a spiritual Jew. I've been washed in his blood. I've got his spirit. Hallelujah. Most of them don't even know nothing about that. So I'm glad to be a part of this church. I'm thankful for the opportunity to pastor it, to be a part of it, to be joined. I've probably done a pitiful job in a lot of areas. And I don't say that. I'm, I'm just being honest. When you begin to examine, begin to look in 25 years. And, but you know what? By the help of God, by the help of the Holy Ghost, and I believe they're willing to help us. Every coin matters. Every lamb. The other parable goes along with that. The 99. He was willing to leave the 99 and go hunt and search out the one. Why it, why it wandered off for whatever reason that it wandered off. But the great shepherd, his spirit, his word. And so we got to be wise and we got to be uh, uh, our motives and things of that nature. Reaching out has got to be by the power of God and the love of God. Working through us as, as members of one another's and caring about for one another. I, I believe huh, there's not a soul in this house that you wouldn't want to make it. Even if there wasn't even a lake of fire or a hail. If you just disappeared. No. No. Not if we give him our heart. If our heart belongs to the author and to the maker. 
Amen. And it does. We're his vessels. The Bible's very plain. It's taught us about we give him our body. We give him our soul. We give him our spirit. It all belongs to him. And we're a family here. And we're supposed to be a family. And we're pronged and subject to go more out of the way for a family than we are for others. Am I right? When it's one of ours, buddy, hey, we're going to get with it. We're going to get involved. We're going to make sure it's where we're the family. This is the family. So let's show the same compassion and love concerned for one another. Be mindful. Be mindful. Going right back to that area, watching that door, bridle upon my tongue. I promise y'all, I promise you, if you'll listen to me tonight, it makes a difference. It makes a difference what you say outside these four walls. It makes a difference what you text in on that phone about your brother and your sister. I'm going to go a step further. And also about them that you want to be. That you want to be your brother and sister. That you're trying to win. Huh. Praise God. God's helping us. I know it hurts. I know it hurts sometimes. But you know what? For us to become. You know. Well, I'll just leave that alone. We're going to sing and we're going to pray. You can, you can do both or whatever you feel there. But, but let's, this is how we can all connect. This is how, because there's no way I can, I can really just, but if we can connect and let it flow through the body. <laughs> if the blood quits flowing to a member of your body, what happens? If you took a rubber band and put it around your finger, to the point so tight it cut off the circulation. What would happen? One night of just taking a rubber band and putting it around your finger and going to bed and going to sleep. What would happen to that finger by in the morning time? It's not God's will for anybody to be cut off or overlooked. It's not. You may have some struggles that others don't, but I promise you, they got some struggles you don't. Our lesson was very plain about that this morning. I know I didn't get to cover that. But struggles and persecution come to all. And everybody's got them. But if we're joined together, if we'll hook up together, we'll uplift and encourage one another as God helps us to do it. As God helps us, you know, can I say this as a pastor? When you reach out to a brother and sister, please do it this way. Don't ask them why they hadn't come to church. Don't ask them. Don't pry in their business. Just let them know you care about them. You love them. And leave the rest alone. You see what I'm saying? Because you can't be prying into their business. But you can just let them know, hey, I've kind of noticed that Maybe things ain't going good, and I'm just praying for you. I'm going to lift you up, let you know I'm praying for you. But don't let it just be words. It's got to be deeds. you got to do it. Let's sing it tonight. Let's pray for one another. You're my brother.
both of you, my sister. I'm going to take it by the hand. We're going to walk side by side until the Lord comes back. Hallelujah, until this thing is over with. We're not going to let you fail. We're not going to let you come up short. By the help of God, by the help of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, the love of God is greater than any love there is. And as we allow that love to be shed upon the hearts with the power of the Holy Ghost, lifting up one another, encouraging one another, put confidence in one another, put trust in one another. Hallelujah, that God's hand could use us. That God could use us as His hands, as His feet, as His mouthpiece, as His vessels, under the anointing, amen, to turn our community upside down. To stop the powers of the enemy of destruction. Stop the powers of the disunity, God. But unify us and bond us together, Lord. Because you're my brother. Because you're my sister. Take me by the hand. Let's pray together. We'll work together. Hallelujah to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to make this commitment, God. I want to make this commitment to you. I want to make this commitment to my brother and sister. God, hallelujah, I want you to take my heart. You help me to make it, God. You help me stay with it. You help us, Lord. Hallelujah, to rise up, God, out of the dust. To rise up, God, out of this situation. Help us be a church that you want us to be. Help us be the revivalist church you want us to be. Help us be the caring church that you want us to be. Help us be the giving church that you want us to be. Help us, God, hallelujah, each and every one of us, bonding together, binding together, believing together by the love of God, by the love of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. We'll stand. We'll stand. You're my brother. You're my sister. You're worth fighting for. You're worth dying for. You're worth, amen, working for. You're worth it. Hallelujah. You're my brother. You're my sister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The kingdom won't be the same without you. The work of God won't be the same. The church won't be the same. The bride won't be the same. Hallelujah. We got to have you. We got to have you on board. We got to have you to be a part of it. We got to unify together. We got to believe together. Build our confidence. Build our love. Build our compassion, God. Help us, God. Help us in our hearts. Help us in our spirits, God. Help us down in the very chambers and inward parts of who and what we are. Taking out iniquity. Taking out the pain. Taking out the frustration. Taking out the anger. Taking out the disunity. Taking out anything that opposes your will, your heartbeat. God, you help me make it a personal thing. Take out of me everything, God, that will be anti-Christ. Everything that will be against your will and purpose in this church. In the vigil of this church, God. As you call your election upon their hearts, their lives. God, he would reach the place that you'd want it to reach. I want to be a helper. I want to be an answer of everybody being everything you desire them to be. In the loving name of Jesus. In the loving name of Jesus. The anointing of the Lord. The touching of God. It would flow through the body. It flow through the body. No one being exempt. No one being set aside. But God, as we open our hearts, our minds, and spirits unto the love of Christ, the touch of God, the touch of the Holy Ghost, molding and shaping us. Nothing's greater than the Holy Ghost. Molding and shaping us into who and what you are as a mighty army, as a mighty army under the anointing and option of the Holy Ghost. Raise us up in this end time. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thy son of David, have mercy. Sister, you're my brother. 
You're my sister. You're my responsibility. Come on, let's take it on. Let's make the commitment. Let's make the dedication. Let's make up in our minds and hearts. You're making all the difference in the world. say this why is it so important you got a backslid son have you got a backslid daughter have you got a a husband or a wife that doesn't know anything about this never experienced it maybe know something about it never experienced it got neighbors don't their chances hinges upon How desperate you and I are willing to stay unified. In a time I'm talking about where things are coming apart in the seams. If the church is not careful, she'll get caught up in it. But it don't have to be that way. Because if I take my brother and sister by the hand, you won't fall in the cracks. Not without somebody. I'm almost sure that Brother Brennan and Brother Bernian could back this up. Special forces, there's at least four of them. They do everything together. Fire training, there's most time two. And nothing separates them. At whatever cost, nothing separates them. Even God didn't send them out by one. Even Paul had a team. Even Jesus did not send the disciples out by one. He sent them out by two. Got you by the hand. We can't physically do that, but we can spiritually do that. That's why it's so important to walk in the Spirit. Be used by it. For the sake of the church and the body.
unify us together. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Thank you for doing that. God bless you. Appreciate it. You can go back to your seats. Mean it from your heart. Work on it. Stay with it. Guard your heart. Guard your conscience. All these things are very important. It's the time's approaching. We've warned, warned time and time again the scriptures about these things. Let's, let's, let's protect our hearts. Let's protect our hearts, our minds, our spirit. Watch this. Not only you, you, when you protect yourself, you're not only protecting yourself, you're protecting the church. How about that? So it's not just about you that you're protecting. You're protecting not just your own, you, you yourself. You're protecting the whole church, all the disciples, all the believers. So let's do it, amen, for our families. Let's do it for the family of the church. Let's do it for one another, amen, to leave, leave a, an example behind. Others can follow and be made overcomers and victorious. Thank you for the word of God, Brother Barry. Appreciate that so much. Praise God. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Stir us up, God. Stir us. Praise God. Help us get back focused. Focus, focus on the things of the Lord and help.